Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. I'm Mike Kachopoli. How's everyone doing? Midweek hump day show. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about today. Actually, there's a lot to talk about. There really is. <clears throat> the first thing I want to talk about is um, the the soft on crime DAs in most of our in most of our major cities. Now, we know the Chesapeake was just recalled here in San Francisco, and in a very liberal city, a very liberal DA was recalled. I think about fifty five to forty five, which is really hard to believe. That was ten points. That's a landslide that that would happen. Now, why did it happen? It happened because the crime is now going into the wealthy areas. For those of you who don't know San Francisco, uh, we have some, an area called the Tenderloin, which is kind of like right downtown center. And this has been a shitty area for a very long time. A very long time. It's gotten shittier, but it was the shitty area here for a very long time. But it was the, most of the homelessness, not all of it, most of the homelessness and most of the crime and most of the drug dealing were confined to that area, which is, you know, it could be eight, nine blocks. And even tourists were told, don't go into the Tenderloin, and it was pretty easy to navigate around. Well, over the last, what, five years? I've been here for about 10 years now. I'd say for the last five years, the crime and homelessness has really spread all over the city. All over the city. So the white liberals, the white wealthy liberals, the white wealthy techies, they could deal with the crime and the homelessness and the and the pissing and crapping on the street if it was just within that eight-block radius of the Tenderloin when none of them lived, and they all avoided it. Um, it was almost like the Tenderloin wasn't part of the city to them. But once the crime started expanding into their wealthy liberal areas, then, of course, they started to take notice, and they said, oh, no, we, we can't have this. But, but in 2019, which is only three years ago, it's not like homelessness wasn't bad three years ago or crime wasn't bad here three years ago. They still, in 2019, elected this ultra-left DA, Cheza Boudin. Now, at the time, he promised that he would uh, investigate a lot of these white-collar crimes. He didn't say he wouldn't. He did see. He didn't say he wouldn't prosecute those who are killing people and raping people and robbing people and robbing stores. He didn't say he wasn't going to prosecute that. He just ran on. I'm going to prosecute like these white collar criminals, these people who steal, you know, people who steal from the city, CEOs, corporations, you know, uh, uh, crooked CEOs, crooked corporations. He was going to he was going to prosecute those white collar criminals who have a lot of money and influence and usually get off scot free. And people said, oh, that's great. He, but he left out. I mean, assuming I believe I believe people did assume that he was also going to arrest people who like shoot people. But he didn't say he wasn't going to do that, because if he ran on that, of course, he wouldn't have gotten elected even here in wacky San Francisco. So he was elected. Also, he has this background of like his his parents were in the weather or the ground. You know, if you saw that film, one of my favorite films, Running on Empty, it's that kind of a thing, right? They were like weather underground. They did bad things. They blew up something and people, some people got hurt or maybe died. And that was the weather underground in the 60s and such. 
and uh, they went on the run, and they were caught, and they were imprisoned. And so this was a big thing. It was like, you know, it was like a sexy thing, right? Oh, a DA whose parents were in the White Underground in the 60s in San Francisco. Wow, how hip and how hip and cool. So he got elected. And the problem is, since he was elected, in the three years since he's been elected, crime has gone up exponentially, especially like post-COVID. The crime has gone up exponentially. And it really has spread into the wealthy areas, Knob Hill, Pacific Heights, North Beach, so on and so forth, China Basin. And so now the techies are feeling it. See, once the white liberals feel it, once the white liberals feel crime or feel homelessness and they see it around them and they, they, they're paying 7000 a month or they paid $4 million for a condo and they walk outside and the homeless person is lying there or there's about three or four tents set up on their corner, then they go, oh, oh, no, we can't have this. We can't have this. So once they started feeling it, they said, we have to recall this guy. And he was recalled. But this is not just a San Francisco thing. This is a New York thing. This is a Portland, Oregon thing. This is a Seattle, Washington thing. This is an Los Angeles thing. This is a basically any city run by a Democrat thing that has a decent number of people living in it. Something just happened in Seattle. I'm wondering if people have caught, if, you, if you've seen this. There was a guy who pushed a 62-year-old woman down the stairs of a light rail station in Seattle. Okay? He pushed the woman down the light rail station, right down the stairs. There's video of this. It's horrible. He had just done something horrible to someone else, but there wasn't video of that. But there's video of this. So once there's video, all of a sudden the crime is much worse, right? But it is a terrible video. He's pushing a woman down. The stairs. This guy, this 40-year-old thug, Alexander J., was arrested on March 3rd, a day after his attack. This guy is going to be paid $250 every day that he doesn't get mental health treatment. You heard it right. There's a backlog. So many people are fucked in the head that there's a backlog. They can't get mental care. It's, you know, it's like booked for a while. So they're thinking they're going to get him mental care mental health care in August, but by August, they'll get him in. A judge has said that Washington taxpayers must pay this guy who pushed a 62-year-old woman down the stairs $250 a day until August, which I believe will add up to about $17,000. So a thug, a 40-year-old thug who pushed a 60-year-old woman down the stairs just because he could, just for the fun of watching her tumble down the stairs is going to make about 17 grand between now and August of taxpayer money. Let me read a little bit of the story. Taxpayers in Washington state will have to pay $250 to a homeless man accused of pushing a six-year-old woman down the stairs of a light rail station. Each day, he doesn't get mental health treatment. Alexander J. was arrested on March 3rd. J. was also accused of, this is it, he he stabbed a woman 10 times at a bus stop that same day. Of course, that was even much worse than this offense, but the stabbing was not caught on video, the pushing down the stairs. So this is what he did in one day. This was his day of work, which he's going to make $17,000 for. Stabbing a woman 10 times at a bus stop, and then he pushed this woman down the stairs. He went on trial in April, but a judge deemed him incompetent and ordered him to spend three months an inpatient facility. After more than 100 days without being admitted, King County Supervisor Court Judge Johanna Bender, uh-huh, B-E-N-D-E-R, 
<clears throat> found the Department of Social and Health Services in contempt of court for failing to get him treatment. Bender also ordered the state to pay him 250 bucks a day, which, by the way, is more than a person working minimum wage for a full eight-hour work shift, which began occurring on May 9th until he gets admitted for treatment. Jay is currently being held in jail, a violation of his due process rights due to severity of the charges. DHHS told Fox 13 that the earliest Jay may get into treatment was mid-August, which could result in taxpayers paying more than $17,000 to him. This guy has nearly two dozen prior convictions dating back, oh, just 22 years, according to prosecutors. And then they wonder why they're hated. And then the left wonders why they're hated. They wonder why the left judges are hated. They wonder why the extreme left DAs are hated. This guy is going to be making $17,000 for being a criminal. I want to understand this. He stabbed a woman 10 times and he pushed an elderly woman down the stairs and he'll be making $17,000 for it just because they can't get him mental health care until August. Now, you wonder, okay, they can't get him mental health care till August. Too bad they can't get in sooner. Why is he getting paid $250 a day? Why does he get $250 a day? What is the, what is the reasoning behind that? Well, this is, once again, this is the ideology of the left, that the criminals are the good people, and the civilians, the, 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 the law-abiding citizens, are the bad people. This is just in line with the Democrats wanting to take guns away from law-abiding citizens when they know the criminals will always have a way to get them and will always have them. And the government will always have weapons of mass destruction otherwise, and they're allowed to have that. They're allowed to build up, like in the United States, the biggest, largest, most bloated military in the world because they're the government. And they know best, right? They can have guns, and, but they also know to decide who should have guns and who shouldn't have guns. This is the mentality of the left. This is why when I say the left uh, pro-crime, I'm not trying to be funny or sarcastic or hyperbolic. The left likes crime. They believe in crime. They believe people who come from, uh, let's say, uh, less fortunate circumstances have no other choice but to commit crime. They have no other choice to commit crime because they've been oppressed. And so not only should they be able to commit crime, but they should be rewarded for committing crime. And God forbid you try to fight them, you try to protect yourself against them, you are a white supremacist elitist. You are, you are, you are an oppressor, baby. This is what they believe. This is their ideology. This is why these DAs like George Gascon have this true ideology where there are too many people in prison and we're putting people in prison who don't belong in prison because their backgrounds uh, are not as fortunate as others, and so they committed crime out of oppression, so they shouldn't go to prison. I guess they should just get mental health or be out in the streets and get paid $250 a day by taxpayers who they rape, pillage, rob, and kill. And people are getting tired of this, and then the Democrats will wonder why they're going to get destroyed in a few months. They will sit there and they'll wonder. They'll pick their toes in Poughkeepsie, wondering how the fuck did we get destroyed? How did we get destroyed? How, how, how did this happen? What they'll do is they'll blame Trump. They'll say, oh, Trumpism has exploded. All, these, all of a sudden, the United States is, is 85% Trumpers. That's how we lost. Trumpism. Is taking over the country. White supremacy is taking over the country. White supremacy is the majority now. And they're bullshit excuses. Or they'll blame COVID. 
or they'll blame Putin or a combination of COVID and Putin. And that's what they'll do. I'm so fucking sick of that. I'm so sick of people I know on the left who blame COVID for everything. It's like a, it's like a reflex. COVID, COVID, COVID. Blame it for everything. It's a way of not taking responsibility. It's a way of not taking responsibility. But unlike the left, I believe this crazy leftist wacko Seattle judge still deserves to be protected. People should not be able to protest on this crazy woman's lawn. They shouldn't be able to intimidate them into think, into 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 into, into uh, having a different way of uh, of seeing the law. They shouldn't be intimidated. They shouldn't be worried for their lives. No, I believe that, even though it's a left judge. But the left doesn't believe the right wing judges deserve that same treatment. Joe Biden doesn't believe the right wing. You can bet your ass that if the left was doing this, if I should say if the right was doing this to a left judge, to Sotomayor, if they were on Sotomayor's property doing this or, 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 or Kagan's property doing this, you can be sure Joe Biden would be calling in the National Guard to arrest them. You can be sure and he'd be quoting the law, which he'd be right, which says you cannot intimidate a federal judge. You cannot protest at a federal judge's home to intimidate them into changing their opinions. It's against federal law, which is obviously what they're doing with the Roe v. Wade stuff. Obviously what they're doing. And their criminality will be shown once this Roe v. Wade judgment comes down and they start to loot and they start to do it in December 22. Their criminal instincts will be shown to the world once again. But once again, the Democrats will wonder, come November, whatever it is, third, fourth, fifth, they'll say, how the hell did we lose 40, 50, 60 seats in the House? How the hell did we lose the Senate when the, when the, elect, when the Senate election this year favors the Democrats? More Republicans are running for re-election than Democrats. In, 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 a, in, a, in a season where it's going to favor the Democrats on paper, they're going to lose it anyway. And they'll wonder, how, the fu- how did we do this? How, how did it happen? But the, there'll be no introspection. There'll be no, oh, look at these judges. Look at these people who are protesting on the judges' lawns. Look at these crazy left-wing judges. Look at these crazy left-wing DAs. Look at crime exploding. Look at inflation exploding. Look at gas prices exploding. They'll say, I don't understand. People didn't understand it was COVID and Putin's fault. It was all COVID and Putin's fault. This is what they will say. Come back to this show. Well, I want you to listen between now and November. But come back to the show on the day after the election. And this is exactly what they'll be saying. People didn't understand it was COVID and Putin's fault. The people are too dumb. The people in the country are too dumb to understand it was COVID and Putin's fault. The Republicans uh, tricked them into believing it wasn't COVID and Putin's fault. And a lot of white supremacists are voting these days. Because of the voting laws, it, it oppresses the, the Democratic vote. The white supremacist vote uh, prevails. This is what they'll be saying. These are the things they will be saying. Okay. When you watch your CNN, you watch your MSNBC, this is exactly what they will be saying. Listen to your NPR, they'll hear the exact same thing. There'll be no, it'll be all navel-gazing. There'll be no actual introspection in how did we do things wrong. I just was watching, it was interesting, I was just watching Sean Hattie about an hour ago, and he said that he gets a lot of, they do focus groups when you're on TV for 30 years, they do focus groups around you, around you in your performance. And he'll get focus groups saying, you know, people say, I don't like this about you. I don't like that about you. He says, if it's one or two times, you don't really think about it. But if it's 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 times, you're getting the same comment 
about you. I don't know what it, what it is. It could be anything, right? You start to look at it and go, okay, maybe people have a point. Maybe I should change this. How come politicians don't do that? Why can't politicians do that? When they see polls which show that they get one out of every three people approving, when they're losing independence, when they're losing Latinos by the droves, don't they say to themselves, why is this happening? No, instead of saying, well, you know, two and a half million people are, can't be right. In fact, they say two and a half million people are wrong. They're too stupid to understand the real situation of a thing. They'll say, well, you know, that's what they'll say. It's a, no, those people are right. There's a reason. They're feeling pain. When people feel pain, they start to vote out the people who are giving them pain. That's the way it works. Now, it doesn't mean the new people are going to be better. They might be. And if they are, they stay. And if they're not, they'll go. But they're going to vote out the people who are giving them the pain at that time. And it's usually economic pain. It's not January 6th pain. No one gives a fuck about January 6th, other than a few politicians and the extreme, extreme left wing in this country. No one cares. No one cares about January 6th. What they care about are the high gas prices, the, the, the liberal judges, the liberal DAs, the rise in crime, the incredible rise in homelessness in all of our cities, not just in the United States, in North America, the rise in homelessness in every big city in North America. This is what they're concerned about. This is what they look at and they say, this is what needs to change. Yes, yeah, someone in San Francisco who's paying $6,000 a month has the right to not have a homeless encampment in front of their house. They have the right to that. They're paying for that. They're paying for it. Think about that. Someone who pays $400 a month in middle America doesn't have to worry about that. Someone who pays six grand a month in San Francisco and New York has to live with homeless people and crime right at their front door. Does that make any sense? No, of course it doesn't. But the difference is those rural Republican-run areas are clean. They're clean. You know, I went to two places I've been to in my life that I've always considered in my mind to be extreme right-wing Republican. Salt Lake City, Utah, and Omaha, Nebraska. And I can tell you that they are the cleanest cities I've ever been to in my life. Clean, 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 clean. No homelessness, very little crime. The streets you can eat off of. In Salt Lake City... I felt I could eat off the streets, eat off them, okay? God forbid you eat off the streets here. You're going to get COVID, monkeypox, smallpox, everything else combined. And they're run by Republicans, these places. Now, Salt Lake City has become more democratic, but not nutty, liberal, left San Francisco, New York kind of democratic. And the reason why Salt Lake City is becoming more democratic is because Democrats from places like New York and New Jersey are moving there because they can't take it in New York and New Jersey anymore and they want a better life. That's why it's becoming more democratic. But I could not believe these cities that I had in my mind with these extreme, you know, run by Mormons, and one in Nebraska, God, you can't get more right wing than Nebraska, the corn, the cleanest. I felt safe walking in the streets four in the morning, four at night, didn't matter. Felt in, never to look off my shoulder. This is a life that people in New York, San Francisco, L.A. don't understand. Chicago, they don't understand it. Even though Chicago is very close to Omaha. Omaha is actually known as like Little Chicago. So, But they, they don't get it. They don't know this life. It's almost like they don't know this life exists. It's like during COVID here in San Francisco when I traveled a lot 
I traveled seven or eight times in the heart of COVID. In Omaha is one of the places I went to. And people in San Francisco didn't realize, they don't realize how life is normal everywhere else. I saw someone on Twitter today in Paris, and they said, no one's even thinking about COVID here. No one's even thinking about masks or vaccines or vaccine passports. No one's talking about getting vaccines or boosters. No one's talking about that in Europe. Okay? Where they're talking about that are liberal cities in North America. Liberal cities in Canada, liberal cities in the United States. That's where they're still concerned with this shit. But when you go to Europe, when you go to Central America, when you go to South America, Asia now, Japan, they don't care anymore. China, of course, they do because they're commies and they're crazy. But you go to most of these places and they don't give a shit. They're not talking about COVID anymore. They're not talking about masks. They're not talking about all this stuff. It doesn't exist. It's gone. Even if COVID is still technically around, all this mishigas around it is done. And so, but the people don't understand when they live, when they feel provincial, you know, you can live in a big city like New York and still be very provincial. And, uh, and so these people don't understand what it's like in Florida, in Nebraska, in Utah, in many places, because they haven't gone there. And they've only seen what is fed to them on CNN and MSNBC about these places, which is if there's a rally in Florida and three people get COVID, they say, look at all these redneck COVID spreaders in Florida. And the people who are schmucks in San Francisco and New York who haven't left their apartment or their three-block radius go, oh, look, the Santa, death Santas, death Santas, <laughs> death Santas. Fucking idiots. I've been to Florida three times since COVID. Great. It's like going from prison to a free life. It's like going from prison. You know when you're in prison, people in prison, they get like out for a weekend. That's what it's like. That's what it was really like during the heart of COVID, going from San Francisco to Fort Lauderdale. Okay? It was like going from prison to like the weekend of where you're let out. That, and then going back to prison again. And so the big city Democrats don't get it. And when you're living in that vacuum all the time, you don't know that there's a better life. You don't know there's a better life where there aren't left-wing judges and left-wing DAs. You don't know that until you explore. And like I said, this Bernie crat, me, this Bernie crat who worked, who worked for Bernie and, and donated to his campaign and, and busted my ass for two election cycles for him, finally got out there and saw that it's not so bad over there. They say it's so bad over there. Don't go over there. It's, don't walk over there. It's very bad over there. Right? It's like living on one planet, like a science fiction movie. We live on a planet, and there's another planet you can see off in the distance. And there are always rumors about how horrible that planet is. We believe it because they've never been there. Then you go, and you go, holy shit, this isn't so bad. This isn't so bad. In fact, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> And so that's the crime story for the day. But there's more going on. There's more going on. There was a district in, uh, I think it's in Texas. Yes, there was a very, it was today, it was, it was in yesterday's election, the, the, the primary elections, but there was one special election for a congressional seat in Texas. I think it was Texas 34, which is 84% Latino. 84% Latino, Okay. It hasn't voted for a Republican in a century. 100, I think 1922 was the last time they voted around that time for, for a Republican. And the Republican won by eight points today. There was one Republican running and two Democrats. If you add up the two Democrats, 
percentages, the Republicans still won by four points in an 84% Latino district that hadn't gone for Republican in a century. Now, if the Democrats can't look at that and say, uh-oh, I don't, I, I, there's, 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 no, there's no explanation for it. There really isn't. It defies explanation how you can see your support among Latinos go down to 25% and think, oh, it's all their fault. They're just too stupid to get it. They're just too stupid to get it. But this is what the privileged elites do. This is what this is the difference between the parties I've noticed through the electoral process since I've been voting for the last, what, 38 years, 32 years, is that the Republicans have the ability. They don't look down on the people the way Democrats do. If Republicans voted out of office, it's not the people who are too dumb, the people who are too left, the people who are too stupid. They course correct. Even Bill Clinton, who was a Democrat, was able to course correct, right? After his after his uh, annihilation in the, in the midterms, but nowadays the Democratic Party can't seem to do that. They just blame the voters. They just it's just the way Democrats blame the victims of COVID, the, the victims of the restrictions. Instead of blaming the politicians and the bad policies, they blame the people. They did exactly what the government wants you to do: be a good boy and girl, and blame the people. Don't blame us. That's like 1984 territory. Don't blame us. Blame the people for not complying enough with our bad policies. And this is the thing the Democratic Party seems to have. They cannot, for some reason, they cannot look into themselves and say, we really need a course correction. We really need a course correction. When we, lose, when we lost Kachapoli, we have a problem. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking. When you lose someone who's 50, who campaigned for Bernie Sanders twice, who never voted Republican federally in their life, who votes strict Republican ticket now, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. No one's paying me to be a Republican now. No one's paying me to do a podcast like this. Okay? No one said you got to be a Republican to get paid to do this. All right? I'm changing because of what I'm seeing. Because I'm a human being who can evolve and, has, and, and believes in intellect over emotion. I'm seeing what's happening. And millions of pe- people just like me, right, are doing this now. Latinos, they, Biden and Democrats lost 16% of African-American vote. Their African-American vote went down 16 points in the latest poll. The last group, the next to last group to abandon would be Latinos, and they've almost all abandoned them. The last group to abandon them would be African-Americans, and they're even starting to abandon them now. So are these Latinos white supremacist Trump supporters? Are these blacks white supremacist uh, Trump supporters? Domestic terrorists? It, it, the Democratic Party is so idiotic. It, it's, hard to, it's really hard to comprehend how they even exist anymore. It's hard, to, it's hard to understand how any liberal party exists anymore. After being so wrong, so often, and creating so much destruction. And when Biden likes to blame COVID, like I've said before, you then have to blame the COVID policies. You see, you had, a, you had an issue and you dealt with the issue in a certain way. You don't blame the issue. You blame the way you dealt with it. And the way you dealt with it was lockdowns, which caused the economic collapse that will be felt for decades. That's what we're feeling now. That's why the economy is crashing day by day because of the reverberation. Throw a pebble into an ocean. That's where it is. The reverberations that will last for eight, for decades and decades. As Johns Hopkins University wrote two years ago, two years ago, 
Johns Hopkins University did a study, and they said the places that lock down the most will have a 10-year economic collapse. And then within those 10 years, over 2 million people will die because of that economic collapse. Surplus of 2 million deaths. This is John Hopkins University. Understand? More than, P- more than what? Depending on the numbers you believe, at least twice as many, if not five to ten times as many people that died of COVID. So if Biden likes to blame COVID, you blame the policies, the lockdowns that were mostly supported by the left. That closed small businesses, that shut down the economy for a year, solidly a year in most blue cities, which are the biggest economic centers of this country in North America. Okay, when you shut down New York and you shut down L.A. and you shut down Toronto and Montreal, you've shut down basically the economy of North America. And that's what they did. And you can't just like shut down the economy for a year and then reopen it and say, ah, it's only a year. No, no. That year adds up to 10 years or 12 years or 15 or 20 years of economic disaster. It takes a long time to get back. And of course, it wasn't worth it. And so, like I said, you blame COVID, you have to blame the Democratic Party, the liberals of North America. They're the ones who created the policies that have caused this disaster. So who's to blame for all this? Not a virus, not Vladimir Putin, the left, the Democrats. That's who are responsible for the the world of shit that we're in now. That the Fed's going to have to make this ridiculous move, which will probably make things worse, which will probably cause inflation to increase to maybe 10% in order to save ass right now, because things are so bad. I just saw gas was $5 a gallon on average. Well, $5 a gallon maybe in Salt Lake City in Omaha, it's about 8 to $9 to $10 a gallon here in, in San Francisco and L.A. and in New York. $5 a gallon will be a bargain here, a bargain. And they don't understand. The Democrats are such elitists, they're such privileged elitists that they don't seem to understand how people are affected by this. Oh, just take Uber, Lyft, just get an electric car, man. Just get a $70,000 electric car, man. I can't afford to put $80 of of gas into my tank, but I can afford a $60,000 electric car. These people are so stupid. Because like Joe Biden, who's been on the public till for a half a century, as long as I've been alive, as long as I have been alive, Joe Biden has been paid by me, been paid by us, by the taxpayer, on the public till. The guy doesn't know how to struggle, know about struggling. Then he makes money on the side with his corrupt son, his drug-addicted corrupt son. He doesn't know about people's... He doesn't understand people have to make decisions between eating that day and going to work. He doesn't understand that. Or in the best-case scenario, do I take my family on a weekend vacation this year? Or, or do I keep my car? Well, how do I get to work? There are a lot of places in this country where there are no Uber or Lyft. How do I get to work? I got to drive to work. I need a car to drive to work. I need gas to get to work. And they have to make these, these decisions. Do I pay a bill this month? Do I put it off? Or, or, or do I put $50 of gas in my car? This is not like you're in, everyone's in San Francisco, the big cities, and they can just get an Uber or Lyft for eight bucks and go to work. It's not the way it works in most of this country. But the left doesn't understand that. They don't care. They're too privileged to care. And they prove it when they say stupid shit like this. Oh, I got my $70,000 electric car, and I went by the, who was that asshole? 
Like there are so many of them. I've got her name. I said, oh, I, I got my electric car and I went by the gas station and it was 7000 I just waved. I waved. Eh. So I'm making $250,000 a year for the last 20 years she's making. These people are beyond contempt. They're beyond contempt and I get sick even talking about them. Let's see if there was something else I wanted to talk about. <sighs> Let's see. I'm going to go to my, my, my Twitter feed, my favorite way of... Yeah, we got Pelosi. See that mugshot from Pelosi's husband? That was exciting. Pelosi's husband. Here it is. This is the one I was talking about. Tech, yeah, Clay Travis put it up. Texas 34, an 84% Hispanic congressional district that hasn't elected a Republican in over 100 years, just elected Maya Flores. Myra Flores, 80, 51% of the vote. She got over the 50%, so there'll be no runoff. They thought they would at least be, the Democrats thought they'd at least get into a runoff. They didn't even get into a runoff. The district swung from Democrats plus 14 two years ago to Republicans plus seven today. A 21-point swing. November may be the biggest red wave of all time, says Clay Travis. And I think he is absolutely 100% right. Because as they've said, the gas prices are going to get worse as we go through the summer. Inflation can go up even more. So things aren't going to get better heading to November. They're going to get worse. And that means an even worse time for the for the Democrats. You know, well, it's just, oh, one more thing. Here it is. One more thing I want to get into here. Uh, oh, I love John Ziegler, by the way. Before I, I talk about the Canadian government, who put out a video today, if I can find it, if I can queue it up. But the Canadian government said, oh, two doses don't matter anymore. It doesn't work. Two doses don't work. We're now going to change what we consider to be fully vaccinated. Because the two doses that Justin Trudeau a year ago said if Canada got to 65% of people getting two doses, they'd get to herd immunity and everything would go away and be back to normal. Oh, that, that was a bullshit. That was total bullshit. And of course, Justin Trudeau, who's boosted and boosted and boosted, just got COVID for the second time. So unfortunately, they feel that I guess two doses was enough, but it looks like four doses may not be enough either now. John Ziegler wrote, I just had the strangest vaccine experience. He went in to get his first of a two vaccine doses for the shingles. The shingles has always been a two vaccine dose. He went in to get his first of two vaccine dose for the shingles. And the pharmacist said when he gets the second dose, he'll never have to worry about another dose or ever getting the virus. I was under the strong impression that this isn't how vaccines work, said John Ziegler sarcastically. But that's a real vaccine, you see. It's a real vaccine. They say you need two. You get the two. You don't need a third. And Shingles goes away. You don't have to worry about it. That's what a real vaccine does, not a shit vaccine. That's out there just to make as much money as possible for Big Pharma in the shortest amount of time before people finally catch on to them. They'll make $75 billion and they'll be happy with it. Yeah, I think tomorrow we're going to get into more about this Canadian. I'll I'll play the video of the uh, guy in Canada saying that we're now changing the definition of what fully vaccinated is because two doses uh, never, never worked. Never worked the way they said it was going to work. Okay, well, I'm going to end the show tonight. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been a Let's Be Heard. I'm Mike Achopoli. And remember, always remember, don't go anywhere yet. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.